Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg. It's the Pro Football Film Room Podcast. Hello and welcome into the Football Film Room alongside veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Chris, week one in the NFL is here. Week two in the college football season is here, although it's not really week two it's week one for everybody else but based on the way that the schedule started last week with group of five schools this is technically week two of the college football season it's here if you're ready for some football i am i think everybody is isn't it i mean it's just um i've said this for two or three weeks it's sneaking up on us i think thursday night it's gonna finally feel like hey it is football season i think this past weekend labor day didn't feel like labor day to me and then watched a game and um, it just didn't quite feel, I think we're starting to get there with the college season, a little bit kind of off the helter skelter when they're starting, as you mentioned, we'll see some of that, but to see the NFL get starting in earnest, that's uh, going to be a lot of fun, a lot of news this week in the NFL, but man, we are, we, we enjoy all year long talking football, Scott, but there's nothing quite like the games. Well, here's what I noticed about week one of the college football season. I noticed the play was very sloppy, Chris. It it wasn't crisp football. And I attribute that to something that we talked about before these games even started. And that was with all the COVID restrictions, there was a lack of practice time that these teams had. And I think the lack of practice time led to a lack of conditioning. I think it led to a lack of mental preparation and also physical preparation because I saw both mental and physical errors up and down the schedule last weekend. I think uh, let's just take one example uh, that's fresh in our mind, Navy. What do we know and think about Navy? Well, they had a top 10 10, uh, rushing defense last year in the country. But what didn't they do? They didn't Didn't tackle tackle or hit – all uh, off, you know, in preparation, all uh, fall practice. Um, it showed. And BYU did a little bit more physical, and that's just the reality of it. And you got behind in the game, and it was just not even a fair fight. I think we're going to see some of that. Um, I do think that um, you're going to see this week maybe some teams – and listen, Navy is a little bit of a unique situation, Scott, but but there's, I think, some programs that are taking approach and kind of surveying coaches around the country. You're getting a little bit of, okay, how much hitting are you doing? 
Well, we're working into it. We're gradually like the SEC's working more and more into it. They don't start to the 26th. But like the ACC, for example, uh, Oklahoma and the Big 12, for example, uh, Oklahoma State's game got pushed back. But, you know, they've been kind of working a little bit more into getting some of the physical part into it. So you don't want to hit too much too soon to create problems with injuries. But then you've got to get your team ready to go physically. And I think we're seeing some of the teams trying to work through that and trying to work that happy medium. And I do think we're going to see some issues early on in the schedule where it will look sloppy. It will look bad. And we might have a team look, you know, a a lot worse than the other. It may be directly correlated to the physical part. It may be a little bit of the mental. Maybe they're a little bit mentally tired. Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, you just, you know, the stress part of this too, on how you prepare your team, I think this is going to separate. This is the ultimate, ultimate distraction. I don't want to label it this. I know this is a serious event we're going through. But from a football standpoint, there's no bigger distraction. An entire offseason, an entire training camp practice. I think the, the programs that have the discipline that can fight through external problems and injuries and issues, are going to prove to be the most successful because we have no better example of a big, big time distraction from a football standpoint. How do you deal with it? Do you think, and I'm just judging based off what I saw this past weekend, but do you think that because of the lack of preparation time that teams are are going to adjust their play calling? And, and, And this is what I mean. I was watching the SMU-Texas State game. And full disclosure, I bet SMU in that game because, to me, SMU and Texas State don't belong on the same football field. SMU returns 75% of their roster from last year. They got the top quarterback in the conference. They're trying to win the AAC and get that New Year's Six Bowl bid as the Group of Five champion. They got one of the fastest players in the country According to uh, according to everybody in the slot, and yet the Texas State Bobcats hung with them the entire game. And what I noticed was that it wasn't a typical SMU offensive performance. Chris, they ran the ball a lot, and I'm wondering if that was strategic and they ran the ball on purpose because maybe their entire playbook is not available to them right now, certainly not in week one because of the lack of preparation. Now, I know it might might not mean much because you return four starting offensive linemen and your starting quarterback, but maybe the the playbook wasn't there for them. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, listen, a lot of things can go into that. You had a bad week of practice, not throwing the football well. You feel you got an opponent that you can outman. So you maybe become a little more conservative. We're not going to be foolish. If we're not going to be sharp, what's the only way that we're going to lose this game? If we start turning it over, giving them extra possession. So it very well could have been a result of their practices. And it their, didn't look like a Sonny Dykes offense, Chris. No, just no, didn't. no, it didn't. It did. And listen, I don't know that the early part of the schedule is going to be indicative, good or bad, mm-hmm. of what a team's going to be week five or six. That's fair. I don't expect to see that offense run the way it did all year long. It, it was not Sonny's offense. But I looked at it, to me, it looked a little bit of an uninspired performance, meaning like yes. – 
yeah, you know, like this is Texas State, and ew, almost, we're in San Marcos. <laughs> it, yeah, it's almost, it's almost like uh, you know, I spent a training camp there. Uh, you know, I, I spent a year there one month. Um, no, I love San Marcos is great. No, 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 don't. Uh, if if you're writing in, uh, San Marcos fans, we love you. Um, I, I just I was a little bit go through the motions, and you wonder a little bit: or is a team kind of mentally whipped? Is a team kind of you know, because we don't know all the details about the positive test. We don't know. I mean, some people are transparent with it. Some people are not. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know. Did did you have to practice some social distancing with certain players? How much practice did you get? <clears throat> did, did, were you uncomfortable with your pass protection to the point where we'll just run block a little bit more? I, I think all those things are fair points. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of things that just – don't quite make normal sense. And I think we're going to have to look at it and say, is this a COVID issue? I think right now, everything is tied to your preparation going into the season, but going forward, you know, it should get better provided that we have some safety and testing. That's the thing I'm a little bit worried about though, from the college game, we've got a couple of games again postpone this week we yeah. got to push them back we had forty four thousand tests in the nfl one positive mm-hmm. you know you see things they're testing every day they remember the nfl said we had a test once a week maybe twice every day it's working thus far i'm not going to a little wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. college man i you know i just don't know what game you know we <clears throat> last week when we went off it wasn't long after TCU, SMU, that's pushback. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. this week, it's Oklahoma State to Tulsa. I mean, what's next? We're, we're, we got Syracuse going to line up against North Carolina. They're playing a tight end and starting that tackle. I mean, they don't have enough offensive line. I mean, you're going to have some big-time issues, I think, and I think it's going to show a, a very dilapidated you know, yeah. view of maybe what a team is. All right, well, let's make that our first game preview here of week two in the college football season, and that is uh, that Syracuse game. Syracuse uh, at number 18, North Carolina. What you just said, and I want you to repeat it for the audience, Chris, is something that cannot go overlooked, that the Orange are completely shorthanded here. On the offensive line in particular, they're in a world of hurt. I I don't see how they can match up, and I do have some questions going forward this year about how good North Carolina's defense will be, but they've got a real big advantage with their defensive front against Syracuse. And I know that North Carolina's offense is going to score points. Although, again, I'm with you, man. I thought SMU's going to light up Texas State. That mm-hmm. didn't happen. So I don't know if the whole North Carolina – I do believe in their offense. I do believe they're going to have a power-packed, explosive offense. Is it going to be week one? Should be, particularly who they're going up against. But I'm, I just don't know how sharp they're going to be. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do think a decisive advantage for North Carolina here. And, and Syracuse, so they're they're playing a tight end at tackle. Is that what's happening? Yes. They, they just don't have enough bodies right now. Absolutely. They're now, you know, some of it is, you know, I'm, they've got a couple of guys and they're too deep. I think they're going to end up playing, but man, they're they're in really bad shape there. Uh, just a 
available bodies on the offensive line. The, the Keese is in pretty bad shape. Um, and North Carolina was a team that I gushed over this offseason because I really like their quarterback. I like what Mac has done there, and, and I think that this is a team that's going to be that second team in the ACC behind Clemson this year. You're not – Forgetting about Notre Dame, or are you saying that in addition to Notre Dame? <laughs> I guess okay. okay. No, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, no. Right. I, it's a valid point to compare them against Notre Dame because I, I think it's Notre Dame, but I think it's traditional ACC. The other thing that too is Abdul Adams and uh, Jarvin Howard have opted out of playing this season due to mm-hmm. COVID nineteen. Syracuse running back, so I don't know where they're going to get their offense from. It's going to be real interesting, but uh, no, I, I think this North Carolina team has a chance to be in competition for that second best team. And uh, certainly with Notre Dame in it, mm-hmm. they are legitimately playing for an ACC title this year or the Irish. Yep. So that's going to be interesting to see, by the way, well, I know we'll get into it. Uh, talk about another team with offensive line issues. Duke has it as well with the, losing a big time. Well, let's, let's get into it right now, Chris, because uh, I look at Duke and I was excited for this matchup because I was excited for Chase Bryce. Okay, this is the quarterback that came over from Clemson. If people don't recall him, he had to play when um, Trevor Lawrence left the game, and he kind of didn't. He he started a game, right? I think he did. He did. He bailed him out of that game. Yes, the Uh, the one that the one that Trevor Lawrence left. That's correct. And then he started, and he won. Um, That was against Syracuse, right? Where he had to they had to come from. Correct. So correct. Absolutely. He now is is a transfer. He's playing at Duke under, you could argue, one of the best quarterback gurus in the country in David Cutcliffe. So what's this offense going to look like this year, and how do they match up against the Irish? Well, they, speaking of offensive line problems, they had a big-time blow. Um, Jack Wallabaugh tore his ACL. That was a fifth-year senior. Um, He's going to miss the entire season. Um They've got some real issues there. They do have some experience. I worry about their depth. They got a Greg Fry is their new offensive line coach. Uh, but boy, this is gonna be this is gonna be a big time issue. The the two deep doesn't match up very well. I know uh, the Taylor kid at center is a good player, Monks at right guard, uh, the Hamilton kids at right tackle, and then I think they're gonna play Ma- uh, Mar- Maurice McIntyre at left guard and Casey Holman at left tackle to replace Hollabot. This is a definite advantage Notre Dame in the trenches, no doubt. Um, I, I think that, to me, I look at the speed differential is going to be a problem here. I just don't know that they're going to have enough playmaking ability on offense, but I do think Coleman's interesting. Um, I think well, we talk, that- You talk about the, the shakeup there on the offensive line, and I, I'm going to bring back the comment that I made about SMU. Do you think that this now – changes the play calling for Cutcliffe. He's calling the plays, by the way, now this year. Do you think he becomes more conservative because he doesn't know if he has the guys to protect his franchise quarterback right now? Well, I think he's going to, you know, I think the the ball's going to come out quick. Scott, I don't think he can line up against Notre Dame and, yeah. and run. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, SMU can do that against Texas State. Duke can't do that against Notre Dame. I mean, mm-hmm. They're going to have to be balanced and certainly going to have to run. But I think that what you have to do is you have to work to get the ball, you know, out quickly. I think you got to get the ball out in space. Um, you know, I, I, I think you got to do that. I think that's going to be very difficult. 
I, I think the best chance for him is that maybe Notre Dame's just sloppy. Maybe Notre Dame has the yeah. COVID effect, and maybe it's a game in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, by the way, you know, Cut came very close. David Cutcliffe came, came very close to going to Notre Dame as assistant. You know, when Charlie Weiss took the job, he offered um, Cut the job, but he, but he had uh, heart problems at the time and uh-huh. sat out that year. But uh, he ends up going to Notre Dame and uh, end up playing a – who would have thought? A conference game. I just I don't, I don't like Duke's chances here. In fact, I don't like this Duke team this year. I think they're really starting to regress a little bit. And I – do think we're probably a year away from cut handing it over, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll see. I, hopefully, I'm wrong for Duke's sake uh, that they can be competitive this year. All right, we'll stay in the ACC and talk about Wake Forest at number one Clemson. Uh, it, it's 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 not the cupcake opponent that you would like to have the first game of the season, so you can work out some of the kinks and and go through your motions and get everybody some reps, but it still should be a comfortable win for them, but not an opponent that they should take lightly in Wake Forest. No, I mean, look, it's a conference opponent. Uh, They've got a, you know, a good quarterback coming back that can throw the football. They've got a good scheme, does Wake. Um, I I think this is a decent little challenge, all things consider, uh, considering what you normally get. Um, You know, it's, it's, to me, they scheme it up very well. They throw a lot of bubble screens. I mean, you know, this is I'm not going to try to play this up as a great matchup. But, you know, as you mentioned, it's it's they create some conflict of assignment for your defense. So you can misstep. Um, you know, I, I do think that offensively, Clemson's got a chance to have a lot of success. I thought Wake last year struggled with the injuries. They lost some people, um, but they're at least going to be healthy in the early stages. But this is a mismatch game. But you just don't know how, you know, how Clemson's going to play it. I would expect Trevor Lawrence to play fairly well and to be able to get a little bit of a lead, sit on it. And then, you know, I don't know that it's going to be a blood. It just really depends on Clemson. But uh, it is going to be an intriguing game because even though Clemson's a decided favorite, even though Clemson's going to win, you wonder how they're going to look and whether it takes them a little longer to put Wake away than than you would think. And I just don't see a scenario. I can't quite come to grips with a scenario of Wake making this a four-quarter game and threatening Clemson, although we've seen it happen before. I just don't think Wake can do that. Wake does play well at home, though. They have a good history of, of playing tough uh, in that stadium, which is – you know, well, it was a baseball stadium, right? <laughs> there at Wake Forest, I think. It's, it's, the, it's, um, the, it's the smallest enrollment maybe yeah. in the country for a Power Five. I mean, they got like, you know, four or 5,000 students. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm going to tell you now, if you, if you blink, you pass, you know, the campus. Yeah. You just, you just miss it completely. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just like if you, if you're not down with the, whoa, get, turn around. I'm at Duke. I got to come back. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. And then uh, keep going to North, keep going to uh, Chapel Hill there too while you're at Tobacco Road. Um, all right. Let's talk about Big 12 football. Louisiana goes at number 23, Iowa State. Um, I'll be honest. I don't know much about the this, this Cyclones team this year. Um, I think that by default, 
because of maybe, you know, the schedule tweaks or whatnot, their season could be a little better than maybe it was originally going to be. But I, I, I'm, I'm a little curious to see what they're going to look like this year. Yeah, I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, I think, you know, little... you lose the Iowa game. It helps. But, you know, well, yeah, no, I mean, that game's always just the, the Cyhawk trophy, which is mm-hmm. really big in that state. Um, you know, they obviously lose a workhorse running back, but I really like Purdy a lot at quarterback. I think he's very, very underrated. I think he's good running the option game. I think he can throw it on the move. Um, they're going to miss Alan Lazard. I just like the way this team plays at the line of scrimmage. I like their tight ends, very physical team. I think they can be really competitive in the big 12. Um, Louisiana Lafayette is, is, um, Tough situation. Um, it's been about three weeks now, maybe four weeks, that their offensive line coach, a young guy that I knew a lot, played at um, played at Mississippi State, uh, just died in their practice, and nothing COVID related, but had a heart attack. So they've been through a tough stretch here because their longtime baseball coach died two months ago there at Louisiana Lafayette. So it's been a tough, tough um, there in that program. Um, it's good ULL team. It's really good team. So it's, this is one you don't like to screw around with. This is the one that Iowa state will win, should win, but don't fool around and let this game be in the fourth quarter, because this, this could be really challenging here. Um, because if you're kind of use the comparison of SMU, Texas state, this is a game that's a little bit more evenly matched than say that game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how SMU kind of just sputtered around a little bit and, you know, have took a little while to put it away. We'll see what Iowa State can do. We know how well um, Matt Campbell does a great job. He's, you know, one of the bright young coaches. But, again, early in the year, you know, coaching in this environment is a little bit different. Still like them, like them at the line of scrimmage to be able to run the football. And I really like Purdy and I like the tight ends. That's going to be the difference in this game. Missouri State takes on number six, Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler. Gets the start. The redshirt freshman uh, played a little bit last year. Um, came in as, I believe, the number one dual threat quarterback in the country. So a lot of hype for this offense. Understandably, you look at Lincoln Riley's history, back-to-back Heismans, uh, you know, back-to-back number one picks. Uh, can Spencer Rattler fill those big shoes? I think he can. I think it's quarterback-friendly offense. I think they do a great job scheming guys open. I think that Spencer will do a really good job. Um, you know, certainly the the lack of the normal development this offseason is a factor. A uh, couple of things to look out for. Bob Petrino coaching on the other side of the ball. Remember Bob? Bob, mm-hmm. people forget Bob. He's going to be there, Missouri State. Um, Oklahoma – talking to the coaches, they're going to play a lot of young guys, not just in this game, but this year. They're going to be real young and play a lot of guys, even on the offensive line. So look out for that. That may contribute to some of the sloppiness, but they'll put some points on the board, uh, and then they'll kind of, you know, eventually just kind of spurt away. Curious to see what they do and what they kind of build up into the season, what type of defense they can have. But um, I think this Oklahoma team is going to be pretty good, and you got to throw them in again as we've seen them. I know people say, I don't want to see them in the playoffs again. They don't They don't fare well. well. The reality is we've talked about it. This is one of the teams I think you've got to look at and say they are a legitimate threat. Can they handle their conference? And if they can, without the Big Ten in it, without a, an Ohio State or you mm-hmm. know an Oregon for mm-hmm. that matter, I would put you know Ohio State, 
definitely is a better looking roster and a better team than Oklahoma. I would put Oregon a different look at team than than Oklahoma. And I wouldn't say better, but I think comparatively speaking. So that's two teams that you take out of the mix, Scott, that puts Oklahoma in pretty good shape if they take care of business in their own conference and they don't, again, screw around and lose two games. Remember last year, lose to Kansas State. Uh, no, they just get it done here. And I don't know how crisp it'll look, but I think they'll win. I think they'll win decisively. They'll probably win by 20, 24 points is the way I see it. I don't know about it much more than that when you look at first season game playing a lot of young guys though. Yeah, they're that good. Um, let's talk about the final game in the top 25 and that's UTEP at number 14, Texas. And, uh, I'll just ask, is Sam Ellinger the second best quarterback in the country behind Trevor Lawrence? I think you can throw him in the mix. I mean, I think it's a fair statement. I think in terms of a dual threat guy, he's really, really good. And I think when you look at so many guys that came out last year, I think you could make the case that you'd put him in the mix. Um, you know, I, I think that if I'm picking my preseason Big 12 quarterback, he would be it. Yeah, Purdy, Purdy of Ohio State would uh, of Iowa, Iowa State, State be yeah. close behind him though. Um, so yeah, I think he can be that good. Um, I think again, how quick of a start can Texas get and build some momentum? Still think they're looking up at Oklahoma big time though. Hey, let's not forget that now that you know the the game that and I'm sure you're probably going to mention it. The game that I'm most intrigued to watch is George Tech at Florida State. I, I just think that game, uh, Jeff Collins coming back in his second year, Mike Norvell in his first year, I like it because of the competitive balance. What is Florida State going to be able to do early? Georgia Tech, still a young team, but I think they've got some good running backs, good young team. Um, I think both programs are on the rise, but neither one of these teams are going to be big factors nationally, but in terms of a competitive game, of two top five teams, I think this is going to be interesting. I'll give you another one, Scott. How about Thursday night? That's the you, one I wanted to talk go about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. Because it's it's UAB at Miami. We saw UAB last week. Um, the reason why I'm excited and a lot of people are excited about this game is because it's the Miami debut of De'Ara King. Uh, you and I talked about him last year a lot before he sat out and decided to transfer as one of the quarterbacks to watch in the country. I think he's a special kid. I'm curious to what he's going to do. I know Manny Diaz is going to have his defense ready. Uh, UAB is certainly going to be up to the test. UAB is a, a program that they don't, you know, they, they, they're, they're sound. I should, that's the best way I can describe it. Um, I think it's going to be a closer game than people think, but I'm very curious to see what the Eric King looks like. Hey, look, I, I'm with you. Bill Clark does a really good job. This is a good team. They've got good tight ends. They work the short passing game well. And I don't know what you get out of Miami. I mean, last year it was disheveled at the end of the year. And I realized Dan Enos was halfway out the door. Yeah. Flat against Louisiana Tech. But, I mean, this Miami team has been, let's call it, they've been really undisciplined at times. And it's not about talent. I mean, they 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 have more talent than they play week in and week out. How's Derek King going to do? How good a job is Rhett Lashley going to do with them? I think those things are really intriguing to watch. Um, this Miami team, 
if you want to talk about a team in that division in the coastal that that is maybe the the, the team talent wise that is the most intriguing it's Miami am I going to jump on the table and say that's the team to beat no but they they've got some ability to be right there so I think we'll get an early start and if I'm not mistaken am I right in saying Miami will be the first power team, power five team to play this year. Yeah, all the other we've not had a power five team. Yeah, the first power play. five team they Perfect. play Thursday night. Thursday night and uh, a two touchdown favorite uh, against UAB and should beat them by 14, 17 points. Yes. So let's see if they're able to handle business early on. And you know, I think the thing too when you see a team that struggles early. And that's not typically what they are, Scott. You can kind of throw it away as, okay. But when it's Miami, I'm like, oh, here we go again. Because that that just, that scattershot, inconsistent, undisciplined play, which can be a byproduct of early part of the season, it tends to be a, a, a consistent and a constant factor for that Miami program. Was there anything from that game last week against Central Arkansas that can prepare UAB for De'Ara King in this offense a little bit or no? Well, I think the things you can do is you can look at, and they have done it, of course, is you look at Derek King on film and you, you see where he can yeah. Absolutely. Um, can you replicate the speed? Not Well, I think you can do some things, to, but I, I don't know that you can exactly do it. Schematically, they have a pretty good feel for what they're going to do or what they anticipate what Rhett's going to do. And I'm curious to see because Rhett has kind of come from the Gus Malzahn system, but he's got a little bit more of an eclectic view of how to branch out his offense. So I expect to see some power run. And so I I think we're going to see some motion plays, uh, some misdirections, some read option uh, looks for Derek King. A lot of run plays for Derek King. Yeah. So you've got to be able to defend the quarterback as a runner. And that's what UAB, I think, is going to have trouble with if Miami executes, doesn't turn the football over, play sloppy football. I think Miami wins and wins going away. If they don't, UAB will play them and play them well, play them hard. There's no question. Hey, by the way, Scott, we're, we're our, hey, come on. We're, we're doing this live on Twitch. We're here. Where are your questions, folks out there? Go there. Hit the heart button. Like us. Send us your questions. Send us your thoughts. What's your favorite game of the week? We're getting ready to go into the NFL here in a little bit. What What do you like this week? What do you want us to talk about? Remember, we're here doing this for you. So I want to remind everybody, come on, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know, check us out 7 p.m. Eastern time every Tuesday night, the Football Film Room podcast at twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Join us live and you can interact with us while we're doing the show. Absolutely. We'll answer your questions throughout the show. Uh, Questions about a specific player, about a specific team. You got a fantasy question. You want to know how a certain guy's going to do. We'll tell tell you about it from a different perspective, though, because we'll tell you, Chris will tell you about how a certain guy looks in the system against another team, not just about, uh, oh, he should put up uh, stats. We'll tell you about the, the, the reason why. He'll put up those stats. So ask those questions away. Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football is where to find us. LandryFootball.com as well. You can click on the link there. Easy access to us. Uh, Just type in your comments. We will read them and answer your questions live on the show. Let's get into the NFL, Chris. And we'll start with the Thursday night kickoff game. The Texans 
at the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs, who uh, lose Damian Williams, who opted out of the season, but bring in arguably the most talented rookie running back, although Jonathan Taylor has something to say about it, in Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who is was skyrocketing up fantasy draft boards. I mean, I had a draft yesterday, and he went third overall, Chris, so people are really hyped up for CEH to have a great rookie season. The Texans, they lose DeAndre Hopkins, right? Um they no more Jadevian Clowney there. You know, we knew that for a while, but it's a, it's a new look team, but they still got the talented quarterback into Sean Watson and uh could give this Texas they could give this Chiefs team a good fight here on Thursday night, especially with the lack of us of, of a preseason, with the lack of preparation. I'm all about the underdogs all this week in week one of the NFL, Chris. Yeah, you know, looking at the line on this, um, and you can refresh us on what it is. It was a little bit high to me. Uh, Chiefs minus nine. It's a, that's a lot of points in an NFL game for a yep. team that, um, yeah, there'd be a lot of emotion, I know, uh, but th- th- not a lot of, you know, the fan situation is going to be a factor or the lack thereof all year long. Look, these are different teams, okay? I know, but let's remind folks that the Texans had this team beat and – if it's not for them, look, they, they made their mistakes and mm-hmm, you've got mm-hmm, to put mm-hmm. a team like that away. Chiefs came back. Uh, I don't think the Texans are as good. I think the Chiefs, in a lot of ways, have got to overcome, you know, okay, a great year. And I do think the Chiefs will win. Um, I don't know if they'll win big here. I, I think that that this can be a, an explosive offensive type game. I'm curious to see how the tackling is. I do think that the, the Texans, my concern with them all year long is, can they really compete in this division? Have they taken enough of a step back? Um, I know they like their young receivers, but DeAndre Hopkins, you mentioned, by the way, got an extension with the Cardinals today. Not just an extension, Chris. He got the most money for a non-quarterback they, in the history they, of the ball game. So. Big deal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, extension, ah, new deal. Um, I, I worry about this team. I don't know how they match up against the Colts and the Titans. In this game, still like the, the, uh, the Chiefs, but I do recognize that there's probably a little bit of that. We let these guys off the hook. We should have beat them last year, and let's go out and make a statement on the road here. So I'd expect this game to be close. It wouldn't shock me if the Texans won it. Still think the Chiefs are a better team and we'll have a better year. All right, let's move on. The Seahawks at the Falcons and an underrated loss that I don't think a lot of people are bringing up in this Falcons offense is no more Austin Hooper at tight end. And I know he's not necessarily uh, a sexy household name, Chris, but and they still got Julio. I mean, still still got Ridley and real, real talented offense there. But he was a real safety valve for Matt Ryan and actually had a really nice season last year. And I think that loss is going to be felt this year. I do. You know, um, got up today. I've been I did my previews by division on LandryFootball.com. We've got that up. And I'm I'm also breaking down the units like the offensive lines and the defensive Uh line, how they're great. And this is for two teams that I think can be pretty decent. These are two offensive lines are not very good. In fact, I worry about both of these teams at the line of scrimmage, and I do think Seattle's got a chance in that division. I do think that they're the better team here. But the question for Atlanta, you mentioned the tight end position. 
I still think it's the offensive line and defensive line. I think the quarterback can play. I think they do have weapons in the passing game, but can they run the football well enough? Meaning can they block well enough? Mm. And can they get generate enough pressure? We saw that team completely flip from midseason last year. Can they take some of that momentum? Uh, can they get off to a good start? Seattle's best defensive lineman last year, not even on the team. Um, I think this is a winnable game for Atlanta at home. Getting off to a good start is important. Getting off to a bad start is kind of a bad omen, even in this year, weird year, because that's what happened last season. So in a game in which I think both teams can be competitive in their division, I think Seattle long-term is the better play here in the season. I'm not so sure that Atlanta won't play well and maybe find a way to get it done at home here. We move on. The Jets take on the Bills, uh, a Buffalo team which might be right now the best team in the AFC East. Uh, I mean, you can't obviously can't count out Bill Belichick, but we know that New England has lost a lot. But you know, so they still have Cam Newton. We'll get to the Patriots in, in a couple of minutes here. But this Buffalo team has improved. They have weapons. They got a talented young quarterback in, in Josh Allen. Good running backs, um, and, and you know, Jets team that is starting to come together, but. I think right now they're clearly the third, maybe fourth team uh, in this division, the Jets. Yeah, I, I think it's them or Miami in terms of who you think is the bottom. I think it's New England, Buffalo, and any order you want to put them at the top. And I don't know if you've got two playoff teams out of this division or not. Um, I, I think for Buffalo, it's about Josh Allen. I think the offensive line has got some question marks. I love this defense. I love this secondary in particular with Buffalo. They're a better team than the Jets. I think the Jets have got a lot of holes that they're dealing with. Um, again, early season game, uh, you know, give the Jets, sure, sure, they got a chance. Buffalo's got to win this game here. If they're going to be serious, this is a game you can't let get away here early. You're the better team. You're at home. No excuses. I just, th I think that they're not overtly better at the line of scrimmage offensively, but I do think that there's still a better roster by a, by quite a bit of a margin over the Jets. We move on to the Bears at the Lions. Mitchell Trubisky gets another shot as the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I don't know what to, you know, this is interesting because you've got, you know, Trubisky, we're going to see where that takes him. You know, everybody thought it was going to be Foles. I, I, I'm not surprised. I thought it was going to be Trubisky anyway, and Foles was – is the guy they go to mm -hmm. if the insurance Trubisky, policy. if Trubisky can't get it done, they go with Foles and then they're in their quarterback shopping this offseason. And who's going to be doing that? Not sure about that. Um, but, you know, I think the Bears are a little bit ahead of schedule, the word comparatively speaking to the Lions. You know, the Lions obviously had some injuries at running back, signed AP. We'll, we'll they expect him to, you know, contribute early. We'll see. Um, this is another team that, uh, if it's not for the COVID year, clearly a team in an organization that is rife for potential change again. Maybe Detroit at home can steal one here. I don't think there's a decisive advantage by the Bears. I do think the Bears are better defensively. They should win this game. Let's keep an eye on it, though. And I'm not, I think either way here. All right, Packers at the Vikings, and it seems like Aaron Rodgers is the forgotten man this year. 
you know, a lot of people were talking about uh, Jordan Love this and, you know, uh, coaching disagreements and whatnot. Uh, Aaron Rodgers not going to put up big numbers, but he's still Aaron Rodgers, Chris. You know, he, he's he's still A-Rod. He's still discount double check. Uh, this Vikings team is going to be good. They're probably the class of the AFC, the, uh, the NFC North, um, and they're at home. Uh, a lot to like about this Vikings team, but I just you can't count out the Packers because they have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Minnesota's changes on the defensive line are significant. I mean, I think they've gone from being one of the best defensive lines, and I, again, check it out how I've got all the defensive lines graded at LandryFootball.com, and one of the precipitous drops was where the Vikings were last year to now, in my view. I think the Packers are a better line of scrimmage team offensively and defensively. Certainly got a big edge at quarterback. I, I think it's Green Bay here. And, um, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's Green Bay, and I think the the three little dwarfs, and we'll figure out how, how that plays out because I think it's – I think Green Bay's the team to beat in the division. Nice. Uh, okay, Dolphins at the Patriots. Um, it's not going to be Tua for now in Miami, but I'm sure we'll see him at some point this season. Uh, Cam Newton will be the guy for Bill Belichick in what is going to be a new-look offense for the Pats because it, regardless of you know the, the way it looked under Tom Brady, you bring in a guy like Cam Newton and you have to mold the offense for him because you have to take advantage of his skill set, which means there will be uh, more shotgun snaps. There will be more read options and, and runs designed for the quarterback. And you'll, you just have to take advantage of what you have in Cam Newton. So I think that, you know, this might be Josh McDaniels most difficult, but also might be his best coaching job this year because this is going to be a completely revamped offense. I think Well, Josh has been around the block a little bit and he's been around Bill Belichick and they do have a plan for Cam Newton and they have he also worked uh, with Tim Tebow so he knows what to do they 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 absolutely do and they definitely have a plan to work what Cam Newton can do so people say well you're not going to do what Tom Brady's got not (laughs) asking to do what Tom Brady's going to do they're going to do it differently and I think they'll be successful Looking again in their offensive line, they, they're going to miss Dante Skarnacchia. At least the last time he retired, that offensive line didn't fare well. However, I think it's a little bit different. It's a pretty good offensive line unit, and I think they'll be aided a little bit by the fact that they're going to keep defenses off guard a little bit, a little bit moving pockets. So I think they're going to run the football. I think they're going to play good defense. I, I, I'm not so sure that, that I – I need I need to see Buffalo beat New England in this division. Uh-huh. I'm not I'm not so sure that I'm ready to count New England out. I certainly would take them off the perch, but mm-hmm. I certainly mm-hmm. wouldn't put them put them out of it by any stretch. I think it's a two team race. Remember, Miami beat New England last year with a lot of say it knocked New England out of the bye. The yeah. the bye. I mean that 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 so. Look, this Miami team could be a surprise team this year, getting better. Still think they don't match up. And going into Foxborough, we'll see. I would expect New England to play well enough to win here. We'll see how well Miami can play and what type of team they can put together this year. I don't like them this week, though. We move on. The Eagles at Washington. Uh, a lot of people excited about the Washington backfield. Uh, the Eagles they're going to go as far as Carson Wentz's health takes them. Although 
a very nice insurance policy in Jalen Hurts. And I know that they gave Wentz some money recently, but you got to start thinking about the future. If he does get hurt again, Chris, you're talking about a lot of injury history with this guy. And maybe it's time to hand it over to a young guy in Jalen Hurts and see what he can do, see what type of plays he can make for this offense this year. I'll t- I'll make this prediction, okay? We will see Jalen Hurts start a football game this year for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, well, it's, with the injury history, just on that alone, I think that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's what I I'm tell, saying. I tell you what I don't like in Philadelphia is I'm not crazy about this roster now. Jalen Rager is going to be – He's banged a factor up a early. Bit, right? He's banged up, but I mm-hmm. think he's looks like he's ready to go. Um, so we'll see. Young playmakers, but I'm worried about that offensive line. I, I just don't think that that Eagles offensive line is ready to go. And combine it with you, what you're talking about with Carthen Wentz's health, mm-hmm. that's a real concern. Now, if there's a strength of Washington. I know this team needs to be re- rebuilt. It's one of the top five defensive lines in football. The Redskins have a good defensive line. I mean, there are worse, you know, ways to start to build your team than with there. We'll see what they can do. We'll see if they can run the football. We'll see what they can do offensively, but don't be surprised here. Watch that matchup. The Eagles offensive line against this Redskins defensive line, big advantage Redskins here. Is it enough to, Flip this game in the Redskins. I'm sorry, Washington, Washington football yeah. team's favor. Uh, I'm going to make that mistake all year, folks. I apologize. Listen, I still um, call him San Diego, so you you it's, it's going to take yeah, your time. Yeah. Um, I, I this is going to be an interesting game to watch. This is one of those that oh, I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Just, just let's watch that. Maybe it is coming. All right, let's get into the Raiders at the Panthers. Um, you know, Matt Rule, welcome to the NFL. Game one, and you're going up against John Gruden, a young, hungry Raiders team. Uh, but this Panthers team's got some talent. I like the addition of Robbie Anderson. Um, you know, I saw him firsthand, obviously, what he did with the Jets. I, I think he's a very good deep threat that could help out with this offense. And they're led by the best running back in the NFL and Christian McCaffrey. No question they're going to have to rely on him a lot. And, you know, I look at this team. It's definitely a rebuild. They're so young defensively. Look, if the Raiders are going to be competitive this year, if they're going to challenge, it's not a division game, it's not even a conference game, but it's a game they need to win on the road here. Make a statement and, you know, no, it's not, you know, Derek Carr's in danger of being run off by Marcus Merritt, none of that stuff. Okay, Um, they should be able to run the football. The Raiders are a little bit better team here. Uh, They should be able to win this football game. Carolina is in rebuild mode. At home, maybe they can still win here. But this is the one, if the Raiders lose, that they'll regret somewhere along the line when you start to stack up this, the schedule and you start to try to compete in that division, which is the AFC West is going to be a dogfight. Uh, this is one you don't want to like get away in my mind. We move on to the Colts at the Jaguars. A um, lot to like with this Colts offense. Phillip Rivers, Jonathan Taylor, I mentioned him briefly before. Um, I think he'll be great for this offense. And the Jaguars might very well be in a tank for Trevor Mode, Chris. Um, Leonard Fournette gone. A lot of other changes on this team. Gardner Minshew, um, you know, coming back and going to be their guy for now. But uh, it looks like a Jaguars team that is um, – 
not going to stack up the wins this year. So uh, I think this one belongs to the Colts. Yeah, it's just a matter of Colts. I like uh, the one-two tandem at running back for them. I like that offensive line. Mm-hmm. This 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 team can be pretty good defensively. They're not great, but I think they're getting better. They're well coached, and yeah, Jacksonville's in a bad way. I don't see much here other than just the Colts blowing it. They're a better team here, and I think we'll see that throughout the year. We move on the Browns at the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson looking to duplicate his success from last year. The Browns are, well, they're the Browns. They got a lot of talent. But <laughs> as as the news came out this morning about Odell Beckham Jr. and his off-the-field uh, activities, it, it's always something with these guys, Chris. It's always something. There's always a story. And anytime you're just dealing with them, I think that comes into play. Maturity issue, um, you know, it's something that Kevin Stefanski is going to get it, have to get a hold of quickly, uh, or else there's going to be significant roster changes uh, on this team with the Odells because I think, you know, last year at this time they were the darlings yes. of, you know, the NFL. Oh, they're lookout. This year a little bit under the radar. It, it, while Odell's been, you know, hearing a lot about Odell, you're not hearing a whole lot about the quarterback. Mm-mm. So let's see Baker, you know, being quiet, doing this thing. Has he matured? Will this team play smart football? I know how Kevin Stefanski wants to run this offense. I think there's some talent there. Okay. It's about coalescing it together. Um, I think they could make this division pretty competitive because Baltimore's the team to beat. Pittsburgh, I think, can be really good. And I think the Browns can be competitive. I mean, I mm-hmm. think the Browns can be a, a closer to maybe what people thought. And not 12-win team, but a better team. But we're going to see right off the bat. I don't know if they win this game, but I want to see how they play, how competitive they are, how smart they are. Mm. How do they respond when they get down? How do they deal with that? That's what I'm looking for is how do they deal from a maturity level with situations? How do they handle success? How do they handle Failure, how do they adjust at halftime? All those things are going to be real significant because I do think that the upside this team could be real competitive. The downside, they can go and be in the tank again and be one of those disappointing teams that we've seen the past few years out of the Browns. All right, we move on. The Chargers at the Bengals. Uh, This is an L.A. offense that could actually be pretty explosive this year. Um, You know, Austin Eckler is an every down back, despite what uh, people might think he's only a third down guy. Um, this this can be a, a very good team. Keenan Allen gets some money here, um, so he's happy. Uh, you know, he's one of the top receivers in the league. Um, I think this is a talented Chargers team, Chris. Very good defensive line. It can get after the quarterback, like this defense, a lot. I think they can run the football. Don't like the offensive line. My God, how many years in a row have I said the charge <laughs> fix the offensive line? But at least they just, got a at least they got a mobile quarterback that can well, they're gonna need it. They're gonna need yeah. to get, you know, it's just you know, so I think this team can be competitive. And I'm just gonna kind of throw it in as I throw in kind of the West as you know, I, I look at um and we'll talk about the Broncos in a bit in their game, but you know, you got the Broncos, you got the Raiders, you got the Chargers. Got an interesting, you know, second, third, fourth. If we're going to, you know, say the Chiefs are the team to beat, and I think they are, um, I don't know who's two and I don't know who's four. And I think we'll start to see early. Bengals, I'm curious to see how well Joe Burrow plays early. Offensive lines are not very good. Still a roster that's a long way to go. So we'll see how that plays out. 
All right, Bucks at the Saints, Tom Brady against Drew Brees. Uh, you know, it's ironic. Um, the Saints, historically, they don't play well the first two games of the year. Uh, but then they go right. on to do what they do. But the first two games, for some reason, they have some problems. And this is a new-look Bucks team. Uh, don't know what Leonard Fournette's going to do for them right now. I still think Ronald Jones is the guy in that backfield, at least for the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, that obviously can change, but so much talent on the offensive side for the Bucks and uh, and both teams. This this could be a this could be a shootout, Chris. It could be Brady's going to get the ball out quick. He's got a lot of weapons. Offensive line's going to be interesting. How much better is this Bucks defense? I couldn't handle Michael Thomas last year. Uh, can they do a better job? Maybe can they get some points, protect the football a little bit? Maybe have better balance. Uh, you're right about the Saints. The Saints have struggled early. Have usually kind of, you know, out the gate have had issues. And um, the Superdome will be not rocking, but quiet. No fans <laughs> in it. So that's not going to certainly help the Saints. So, yeah, this is one you think that Tampa feels like or should feel like they got a good chance going in and getting one here. Uh, we'll see. The, the Saints, you know, right now, uh, I'm curious to see what their number two receiver will look like. I know it's Emmanuel Sanders, Man, how well he's going to play. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's 33. You know, I think he can be really, really productive or or, or Willie because I think there's a chance for them uh, to be really good again. You look at their roster, I think the Saints are good, and these might this might be the two teams that are – you know, and we'll see what Atlanta can do. Uh -huh. Two teams that are fighting it out for the division. So obviously these two games are very, very important. We'll see if the Bucks can steal one here on the road, as you mentioned, with the Saints' notorious slow start. Cardinals at the 49ers. Um, you know, what's not to love about this 49ers defense and uh, a lot to like about this Cardinals offense. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm worried about the Niners' health at this point, particularly early uh, at receiver. Um I think the Cardinals have a chance to come in and steal one here. I think they're a little bit healthier right now. I think they can be real aggressive in this game. Um, and, again, I, I I don't know right now who I would pick in that West. I, I think the Rams have got holes. I don't think the Cardinals are ready for that yet, although I think they could surprise folks and win a couple of more games than you might think. Um, but the Niners right now may be the prohibitive favor in that division. Not so fast. I'm I'm a little bit concerned about their injuries. I want to see how they deal with it. Look out for the Cardinals here on the road to make this one interesting. The Cowboys at the Rams. Dallas, a team that is getting a lot, a lot of preseason love, Chris. Well, they normally do. They're a good team, a good roster. I'm not sure that they're deep enough to deal with some injuries, but certainly a lot was put on their coaching and their inability to get as much out of their team as possible. I do think you can attack the Rams a little bit. The defensive line of the Rams pretty good. Good matchup. Good Rams defensive line led by the great Aaron Donald and a very good one of the best offensive lines in the league in Dallas. So watch that matchup game within the game. See if Dallas can win one on the road here. Certainly Mike McCartney, new sheriff in town, mm -hmm, running mm -hmm. the football. Dak is, you know, obviously got a lot to prove or he feels he does. It's going to be interesting. Can interesting to see on uh, Sunday night how this plays out. Let's go to Monday night. The Steelers at the Giants. Big Ben, welcome back. Yeah, Big Ben's looking good. The coaches tell me in camp. Um, we'll see. Like their chances here on the road. I think the Giants are still into some growing pains. I'm curious mm -hmm. to see how much better this offense will be. Saquon Barkley running the football. We'll see how well they can do against a very good 
Um, Steelers defensive line, like the Steelers, like the Steelers all year. Worry a little bit about, you know, I know they feel James Conner is a great back. I don't know that he's I, great. I, I see him as a I, good can one. I, can I give you my my the last pick in my fantasy football draft? Yes, who I took? Sir. Anthony McFarlane Jr. I took him. There you go. I, from, I took him, from, I, from, from Maryland. I took from him Maryland. last we'll pick in my draft because I think he could be a sneaky, sneaky player for this Steelers team. Well, the offensive line can allow them to have success. And, you know, I think that their ability to be able to throw the football with Big Ben is only going to open up the offense. Now, I like them here. I like them competitive in that division with Baltimore um, in the AFC North. Let's talk about the Titans at the Broncos, the final game here of week one. You know, Jadavian Clowney comes in. It, I think, makes the Titans a little bit more formidable as it this season develops. Um, what about this Denver team? How much better is that offensive line going to be? Yeah, they put weapons around Drew Locke. Can they run the football well enough? This defense is still pretty good. On the other side, I think you got Tennessee that's got a little better overall talent, a little better offensive line, I think a good defensive line. Get good quarterback play. The Titans can be a real big factor, not just in the division, but maybe maybe even put them in the Super Bowl conversation mm. if the quarterback play is consistent because I think we know they can run the football, and I think slowing down the pass rush is what they're going to try to do here against this uh, Denver defensive front. So curious to see uh, – this ought to be a really good game uh, in the the, uh, the second half of the doubleheader on the traditional Monday night opener. Well, folks, I don't think you'll find a better week one breakdown than what you just got here on the Football Film Room podcast at twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. And all of this information from Chris Landry can be found on LandryFootball.com, the film room previews of every single game on your schedule, Chris. Well, absolutely. We'll break down each and every one of the games. As we said, we broke down the divisions today to give you an overview, how we think it might play out, the pros and cons of each team summing up. We'll break down each and every game for you each and every week. We'll recap the game inside the film room, tell you what you see. So check it out at LandryFootball.com today. Check out our notebooks every day, what's going on behind the scenes and practices, uh, personnel moves, what have you. So we got it all for you at LandryFootball.com. For you college fans, same thing. We break down all the games. We break, we review the games inside the film room, all the latest news and notes in our notebook, what's going on in practices, recruiting. You got it. So one-stop shopping, football, LandryFootball.com. Check it out for a month. Try it out for a month. Get the real advantage on the year membership. Check it out. You'll absolutely love it. Catch all our podcasts. You can catch this uh, this show as a podcast as well here on LandryFootball.com. Yep. Go to LandryFootball.com. You can click on the links to watch the Twitch channel, to follow the Twitch channel. You click on the heart button on the Twitch channel. Uh, you can also subscribe to Landry's, Landry's, Landry Football's conference call, which is the name of the podcast that give you all of the shows that we have here on Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football in podcast form. So you can subscribe to those and get them wherever you listen to your podcast on your phones or whatever device you may have uh, in your cars as well, which is a good way to prepare for week one in the NFL and week two of the college football season coming up this weekend. Follow Chris on Twitter at Landry football. You can follow me at Scott's on air and we'll be back next week right here with another episode of the football film room podcast brought to you by LandryFootball.com at twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. Chris, enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy the games Thursday night. 
Happy New Year, my friends. <laughs> Happy New Year to you. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.